All right, let's do this one. Unique New York. Unique New York. <laughs> John Piper, John Piper, John Piper, John Piper. <laughs> exactly. All right, welcome to Fun Sexy Bible Time. Thank you for being with us tonight. I'm Matthew, and I am the host. And with me today is a very special guest by the name of Mike Whitman. Mike, why don't you say hi to the people? Hi, people. <laughs> this is a... Um, was that, is that a, what I was supposed to do? We, hey, we're setting it on fire already. <laughs> this is, is going to be fun. This is a rare um, nighttime Fun Sexy Bible Time. Uh, Mike is coming on. We're going to do some uh, very important topics. We're gonna, could could we call this a dad cast, Mike? Uh, unless that's copyrighted by someone else, and I don't really want to get sued for that. So <laughs> if if you're comfortable with that, then sure, dad cast. That's what this is. Um, so let me tell you about Mike. Um, I know sometimes people want to know, like, if um, I'm the only one that that. Uh, does the stuff on the website or the podcast or whatever. Mike is the unseen and silent partner I have on my website, uh, MatthewEPierce.com. Uh, he kind of handles all of the uh, stuff behind the scenes, uh, which means like I can message him sort of in the middle of the night and say, Mike, the site's broken and I don't know why. And he'll just somehow fix it in ways that I don't understand. He also sort of kind of yes. helps me keep the, uh, the barometer, like of uh, the uh, theological humor balanced i guess like sometimes i'll say you know mike we're doing too much too many jokes on calvinists and he'll say yeah you need to you need to swing back the other way or i'm going to break into the site and just leave john calvin quotes over everything so that's when i know to just start making baptist jokes at that point so uh mike thank you for being with us do you need to uh can you brief us on the state of nebraska football real quick before we get going um no comment unless you want to talk about (laughs) The uh, the mid '90s, which <laughs> I, I'd be happy to do, or how uh, every team in the SEC cheats. But other than that, um, we, there's we there's other things we can talk about tonight. That's fine. I I didn't hear that comment. I've got national championship trophies in my ears. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. No, I think that Alabama has a really good professional football team. I'm I'm really impressed with them. <laughs> Hey, you know, we don't have the Braves anymore. The Braves are playing minor league baseball this year, so. I yeah, I've seen that. That's too bad. Yeah, you, you got to give us something. So, the SEC, <laughs> the SEC is all we've got left. Um, uh, Mike is uh, this is this is weird connection here uh, for you guys that have uh, read the book Homeschool Sex Machine, which is how a lot of a lot of you guys know me. Um, Mike is actually married to a girl that I went to school with during the um, during that period of homeschool sex machine. Um, I was playing on the basketball team, and she was a cheerleader there. Uh, Amanda Penberthy was her name. Now her name is Amanda Whitman. Um, the legend is that she's the only cheerleader at that high school that ever got thrown out of a basketball game. <laughs> For, for criticizing the uh, the referees, so she that, that, she supported the team in many ways. I guess what, I would say that. What was that? Must have been like after I left. What was the story behind that? I, you know, it was it was some kind of blown call. I think like there was a foul that was called that that she did not think should have been called a foul, and so she yelled at the ref to to share her opinion, <laughs> and he didn't appreciate that, so she had to go sit out the rest of the game. <laughs> On the on the sidelines on the bench. Hey, how cool is that though? I know. I think it's it's pretty great. I think it's it's yeah. She that's wasn't her nickname Amanda Pep Rally. I think was part of <laughs> what happened there. So well yeah. deserved. Yeah, you well know, deserved. like certain girls, you know, for certain and boys too. Like, like certain people, like cheerleading is just something they do. And then, like it seems yeah. like every Christian school has like the one girl. That like she was born to be the cheerleader, like she just like yeah. lives it and breathes it, and that was your wife. Like she just <laughs> she just lived and breathed <laughs> school spirit. So shout out to her. Um, Mike, we got some questions from Twitter. We got a just a butt ton of questions from Twitter. We're gonna go through a few of them, and I have not. What, what are the What are the people want to know? 
I'm just going to throw all the questions on you and let you answer. Oh, um, boy. Okay. Hot seat. <laughs> is there like some crazy like hot seat background music that, that should be playing or that I should at least imagine is happening here? I guess I don't really know what your production budget is for these sorts of things. It's in the millions. So Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go. Let's go. Sarah Terrace, frequent collaborator with this podcast. What flavor of yes. icy would Jesus drink at Target? Boy, um, <laughs> I think he would actually go to the Starbucks at the front of the Target and probably get like a like a soy half-calf mochaccino <laughs> is what I would say. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, let's put this in like biblical terms. I, I don't think Jesus would be a Target shopper. I think if you could put mm. this in like a parable... Like I think Jesus would go to Target, but Target did not accept him, so he went to Walmart. Mm, yes, I think he's more of a you know like he's just with the common man, so he's going to go to Walmart. I could see that. All right, let's I could see, see that. Um, I guess I'll have to answer this one. Um, Melissa Spade tweeted me and says, "As a homeschool kid, were you... <laughs> as a homeschool kid, were you ever allowed to go to the mall unsupervised?" <laughs> To meet friends, did you have an avert your eyes code word like the Duggars? Uh, well, Melissa, I never actually got close enough to a female to actually stumble, so I didn't have to have a code word. And uh, didn't spend a lot of time at the mall, but I did spend a lot of time at the Christian bookstore, um, looking through the Christian cassette tapes and figuring out how to um, how to get a, a Carmen CD. All right. Carson Storms. Mike, I'm throwing this one to you. All right. <laughs> well, we have armpit hair in heaven. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> lots and lots of it. Men and women both. It's going to be just like like Paris, where everyone just got plenty of armpit hair. Mm. I mean, why wouldn't we? I mean, God put it there. Uh, he obviously wants it there. So, yeah. In heaven, yes. Armpit hair for sure. Will we have B.O. in heaven, you think? Um, boy, that I'm I'm having trouble thinking of a scripture that would be relevant mm. here to to like like as a proof text, but um, probably not is what I'm going to go with. <laughs> or if we do, like we'll appreciate it as like one more way that God has has glorified Himself was by designing bo. How's that? <laughs> Well, we do know from the theologian's audio adrenaline that there will be football in heaven. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't know how that's going to work when there's football in heaven, but, you know, will there be B.O. with the, I don't know. Will there be sweat in heaven? Like, I don't know. These are the questions yeah. I answered. Well, I mean, because I think you're still going to have to, like, wash the, like, the uniforms and stuff and... So like, I think there will also be like equipment managers in heaven, mm. but but maybe not. I mean, I guess yeah, I, don't, I really don't know. Will your wife participate in the sports in heaven, or will she just cheerlead nonstop for all eternity? She will. I I think she would probably cheerlead her her sanctified, glorified heart out for mm. both teams probably, and and I think there would be no blown calls. So <laughs> like she really could just just stay on the positive side. For all eternity. I've often wondered, like, in heaven, like, if Jesus wanted to play, like, how's that going to go down? Like, if we're playing basketball in heaven and Jesus is like, hey, guys, can I jump in? It's like... Yeah, like, you need one more? Yeah. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Like, he's not... Is he going to miss a shot? Like, I'm pretty sure everything he throws up is going in. Yeah, I mean, like, he is the, the holy and eternal son of God, so, like, he probably has a pretty high free throw percentage, you know, that... Like he's just, and then like if you're the guy that fouls Jesus, like, Ugh. wait, that I I don't know what happens there. Mm-hmm. That sounds like tough stuff. Do you think Jesus would like revert himself back to like his human attributes to like make it fair? If you get what I'm saying, you think he would like revert back to 33 mm-hmm. year old Earth Jesus to where so like he's not going to shoot 100. <laughs> percent I feel like he might do that um, just to make it fair. Yeah, yeah, that seems like like something he would do. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but I also think he might be like pretty fierce on the basketball court too. So, mm-hmm. boy, the, these are the deep questions that that we'll have all eternity to wrestle with. I guess. I feel like after he makes a shot, like maybe his uh, 
maybe his go-to trash line would be, I don't know, like man does not live on bread alone, something along those lines. <laughs> like, yeah, or like maybe he'd uh, like take you to the hole, and and then like after he laid it in or dunked it, he'd just say, "Man does not live on jumpers alone." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, just, I think something like that. His game would be pretty sharp. I, I do think that's probably mm-hmm. true. All right, Mike Whitman, had you on the podcast because we have a lot of things to do today. This is, pro, you know, I don't, I don't like to boast except when I'm boasting in fun, sexy Bible time. This will, mm-hmm. this will be the most important thing you do probably for the next several weeks. Because yeah, have, yeah, no, that's that's true. I'm sure that's true. Because we have to talk about dad skills, and then we're going to talk about dad movies. This is like almost like an all dad podcast. Yeah, so yeah. Hey, but, but hold on. Before okay. we get too far into that, I, I'm a little. I, I just so I, I think you know this about me. I've been Presbyterian since like the late '90s, so like it's been a while. And I I'm, accept I'm, you anyway. You do, and and that means a lot to me. But <laughs> but like I also know, like you announced not long ago. That, that you actually are a candidate for president of the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> and so, like, I just want to make sure that I don't mess up your podcast and, like, do something wrong. It's really going to, like, hurt your chances at election or, you know, and, and I don't mean election in the Presbyterian sense. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> voting for Southern you beat, Baptist. Stuff. You beat me to the joke there. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> just, to, just to clarify there. But, like, so so a couple questions just so I don't mess this up. Um what if, like, as we're going on tonight, and like we're just talking here, and I and I cuss, like, I'm gonna try not to, but like, can can you like beep that out, or like, how does that work? <laughs> it depends on what it starts with. What what letter will it start with? <laughs> um, well, my my daughter who's in kindergarten and is six years old told me the other day that she knows the cuss word for every letter. Oh, so no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even really know what that means exactly, but. Um, but I don't know. I, like I said, I'm going to try to keep it together. But what's the but I just cuss make word sure you... for E? Well, I don't think I can say it on your on your podcast. So let's I'm, just. I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> I, to... I'll ask her tomorrow. Okay. See what, I'll see what she says. Just put out a tweet maybe storm she... for me. Like number maybe the tweets can... one to twenty six, and just tweet them out <laughs> one letter after I another. Just give you give you the cuss word for every letter. I'll, okay, so I'll cover that. So then. The other thing I was concerned about is so like, if if there comes a point like where I need to get up and go get another beer, like another microbrewed craft beer, like can we pause the recording, like for like you to re- can... for you to repent, like is that? Well, no, 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 to get another beer to, to drink while <laughs> while we do this. <laughs> well, Mike, as you know, on the podcast that... called Fun Sexy Bible Time, we have very high ethical standards. See, that's that's what I was worried about. That sounds like. A lot of legalism in one title, so just wanted to just wanted to make sure I know how to how to do this here. I mean, uh, you can you can get the beer. I mean, I can't promise that I won't okay. uh, email Al Moeller while you're getting up to get it, just to just to let him know what's happening. But okay, okay. I mean, uh, you know, I I don't want Al to find out. You know, but... we're we're under grace. You know, you just you just abuse that grace however you see fit. So <laughs> one one tasty pint at a time. <laughs> Well, you know, you you are the webmaster of the site where Buttsin got its start. So, I mean, I, I kind of feel yeah. like you're, you're guilty, you know, by association yeah. there. I mean, yeah, that's that's probably true. That is on my resume, by the way. It's the guy who built the website where the term Buttsin originated. That's me. I'll... My mom was so proud when she when she heard about that. She was like, "That's my boy." So well, she probably hasn't seen the um, the the latest the latest column about nipple sin because yeah, she probably would have been yeah. even more proud. Yep, she probably couldn't have contained her yeah her her pride. That's probably what the emotion would have been there. Certainly would have been pride. But no, yeah. but I'm I'm excited to be on the the dad cast tonight. And I mean, as the guy who married a cheerleader, I now own a ten passenger van. So like. I think I'm actually pretty qualified to be part of this conversation tonight. Your dad, your dad power is 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 through the roof right now, basically. Dad game is strong. Yeah. Your dad game yeah, is strong. This, this isn't necessarily like where I thought I would end up in life having, you know, six kids and and all that, but 
sometimes the wife and I, we just put on the Chris Tomlin and just kind of see where things go. And <laughs> next thing you know, six kids. Election takes care of the rest, doesn't it? <laughs> That's right. That's, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's jump, jump into dad skills. What we're going to do is we're going to talk That's, about yeah. different dad skills and debate which ones are, which ones are the most important. Um, I've got a couple. I think you've got a couple. So I'm just going to start us out um, with sort of yeah. like a basic dad skill, uh, which is the ability to know, like just intrinsically know that there is a light on somewhere in your house. <laughs> because like every dad yes. has got like that running electricity meter in his head of like, mm. there should be no unnecessary lights on in my house. And sometimes I'll just be sitting down and maybe I just like catch it like through the hallway or something, but it's like, goodness gracious, they've left lights on and down the hall and I'll get up and walk down and sure enough, like, you know, every light in the house will be on. And so I'll just yeah. do the dad thing and cut them all off and then feel, feel better about myself. Um, is that a, is that a real thing or am I just imagining? That? Absolutely. No, no, it's, it's, it's both like it's an ability and it's also a burden in, <laughs> in some ways where like, as a dad, like I find it morally offensive when lights are left on in a room that nobody's in for long periods of time. So let me ask you this. Yeah, I'm I'm right with you on that. Let me ask you this: What trips up like your dad anger worse, or what 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 effect what gives you more <clears throat> dad anger when the light is on in an empty room, or like when somebody goes outside and they do like the half-hearted closing of the door and like it's just kind of like open by a couple inches. Yeah, I I think it's probably the door thing more than anything. Because I mean, up here in Nebraska, where we have the best of like frigid, terrible winters and also sweltering, humid summers, so like I'm always burning fossil fuels of some kind to <laughs> climate control my house. And um, you know, and, and sometimes I, I try to be charitable and I try to recognize that my kids are just being generous, trying to air condition our whole city block. Uh, you know, like. Jesus said, love your neighbor. Why not air condition their yard? Hey, Bernie is, Sanders would be that... so proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but then I feel the burn in like when I get that electricity bill the next month. And, so, <laughs> and it's yeah, $800. I would say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like why are there four digits and why do I need a, a, a personal loan to pay for the electricity that we used over the last 30 days? Like I, I can't understand it. So no, that that's that's probably it. It's the it's the door left open. It's um, it's fun turning into your father, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the slow, inevitable <laughs> grind toward being an old man. You know, <laughs> and the only thing that eases <laughs> that pain is just knowing, like, I can just like close my eyes and know. I've had sex 796 times. <laughs> like I, yeah. I can die at this yeah. moment. Like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yep. Come, I'm good. come Lord Jesus. <laughs> this is kind of where, where you go there. <laughs> so, no, I, and I was thinking, so, like, like, there's this other dad ability that, that I, I don't, I didn't even know that I had it until it just, like, activated. I mean, it was, like, like in those like spy movies where the guy has been trained as a spy, but he has amnesia and he has no idea who he is. And then like, boom, like he's killing people with, you know, um, you know, like small household objects. Mm -hmm. Like I've been, you know, in like, like in our house where, uh, one of my kids is climbing up the stairs, you know, usually at that toddler phase and somehow they lose their balance and they start like falling backwards. Mm -hmm. And this happened one time. I bet I was like 81 feet away when this started <laughs> happening. And somehow like, leapt across the room, stuck my hand out, and caught this precious little child's skull before they hit the hardwood floor. And, like, I looked around the room, like, did, did, did anybody else just, just see that? I mean, I think I violated the laws of physics, but here I am holding a baby by the head, and, like, no one's crying or, or paralyzed, and, like, that was me. Like, somehow it kicked in. Hey, your dad mode kicked in. Yep powerful force <laughs> yeah, dad mode is powerful it's it's definitely powerful um yeah i can re uh, let me i'll i'll piggyback that how about this as a as a dad skill okay it, keeping with the idea of having toddlers you know you're walking 
through the living room and your kids, you know, are just kind of like tumbling around and like running like through your legs and like underneath mm-hmm. you basically. And you take a step and you begin to set your foot down, but like you feel like a baby foot underneath you <laughs> and like your dad mode kicks in. And like, even though you might weigh like, uh, like 200 plus pounds, like I do, like you have like this weird ability to kind of like roll your foot, like at the expense of your own ankle yes, off of the baby foot. Or maybe it's like a, where you just sort of do a little hop over, yeah. the, over the kid's foot. Because if you step on them, you're really going to hurt them. Um, yeah, no, it's like the, the dad skill. It's like you become some kind of Ukrainian gymnast that can just like <laughs> jump up in the air and flip around and like, I don't even know. And, and like some, this has happened before. Like I'm holding one of the kids uh-huh. and then I almost on the other one. And like somehow I just pirouette out of it into like, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable how that works. But like if you're, but that's because your dad mode is engaged. Like if your dad mode is yeah. not engaged and like <clears> you want to pick something up off the floor, <laughs> it's like, or you're suddenly a hundred years old and your knees pop and everything yeah. pops and your back hurts. Yeah. Just picking something up off the or floor. Like, but, you, well, know. even like you step on a Lego, and it's like your life is over. But <laughs> step on like, your kid's like toe, and and there's like zero psi applied to that that toe. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, I think you're right. There's there's something that activates in like, like dad mode engaged, and then like fireworks go off, and like you just flip across the room. Um, another one. Another one I was thinking about. This isn't necessarily about like avoiding injuries for your children, but it has more to do with when they're sick, which uh-huh. kids are just incessantly, you know, fluids coming out of their faces. And somehow as a dad, like I can reach over and wipe their nose with like my hand or my arm or like, it doesn't matter. I don't even care. Like I just wipe the snot off of them. And then somehow like, like I don't ever need a Kleenex. I don't need, you know, clothing, I don't know. That that to me is like a really weird and gross dad ability <laughs> to be able to do that and not like Ralph all over the place because you're touching a kid's green, gooey snot. I have two thoughts to that. First of all, I agree, but I have two thoughts. I think the mom equivalent of that is the mom skill, like where they lick their finger and then like <laughs> hit the corner of the kid's mouth and like get all like the um like the peanut butter off of the kid's mouth with just the mom spit. Yeah. Um, and my second comment is like, do you, when you wipe the kid's snot, do you like put it like on the side of your jeans? Do you just like wipe your hand on your jeans? Is well, that where it goes? like as, as a beginner probably, but like a real dad will take it and like wipe it on a plant somewhere <laughs> in nature, you know, like that's, I think that's really like that, that when that skill has been sharpened, that's what, what happens there. <laughs> I have nothing to add. That's that's pretty much perfect. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been working on that. It's been... <laughs> all, right, well, have, all right, one more. I got one more dad skill. Okay. During a blackout, and this is not necessarily as big a deal as it used to be because now, like, you know, kids just come equipped with smartphones out of the womb. Now, like, everybody's got a smartphone with a light on it. So it used to be a bigger deal. Kind of still is. During a blackout, when all the lights go out. My family just kind of goes crazy. And like yeah. my dad's skill is find the light source, like find the candle, <laughs> find the flashlight and create light in the house like very quickly. Yeah. I think that, that kind of goes back to, you know, early, early days of humans when like the dad would find, you know, fire and, and make that happen. I think that's really like built into you somehow from, <laughs> you know, from way back. My crowning achievement, and this is, it, it's kind of sad, but we were talking about this before we started recording that today is actually the anniversary, the, fa- the five-year anniversary of uh, the 2011 tornadoes that came through Alabama right. and just destroyed yes. the state. Um, we were without power for like three days, like no phones, no power, no nothing, no signal or anything. And um, I think my crowning achievement with the dad skill was we had some... Uh, some landscape lights that were solar powered. <laughs> so, you know, like I can after, see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> after like six o'clock, like there's no light in the house and like all the stores were closed. So you couldn't go buy batteries or candles or anything. So like I had like the solar lights rigged up in the bathroom so we could take showers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> for like two days. That, that's pretty impressive. I, I, I like what you did there. Can I just tell you how proud I was of that? Like, you know, heartbroken that, you know, of the tragedy that was going on in our state, but also like weirdly proud that like, I felt like I'd somehow triumphed over nature. Yeah. 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 That's probably kind of a mixed bag of emotions. I would think that like, there was like widespread, terrible tragedy, but also you had like mood lighting in your shower. So like, yeah, it kind of works its way out, doesn't it? Yeah. And then you do like the then you do like the dad thing where you're trying to brag about it, and your wife is like, mm-hmm. you know, that we have no power and people are dead, and you're trying to. Then you realize that you know you're bragging about <laughs> about solar lights yeah. in the shower, and you may yeah. in fact be a horrible person for bragging about that. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some dad movies. Um, yeah, this is, this is a topic I've been really excited about, um, and I really needed like a good sparring partner for this. Um, but there's, it's hard right. to define. So let's take a stab at talk, describing what we're talking about. Like movies, like where there's a really, like, really good display of dad mode. Like that's my best description. Yes. Yep. Um, so like, so were, like, like, are you thinking things like like Adam Sandler and Big Daddy? Is that kind of like? <laughs> no, not quite. Well, there's a lot of movies like with dad themes that you could say are like really. <laughs> I mean, you could say like Return of the Jedi was like a good dad mm. movie because like there's like a huge dad theme like in that, like at the end where, you know, Darth Vader, you know, turns good at the end. Um, right, right. But like through the whole movie, that's probably not like, you know, I wouldn't put that like in top three or anything. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. you also say Passion of the Christ. I mean, technically. Mm. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, maybe not the most fun in, movie in, to banter maybe in about. some sense. Yep. Well, <laughs> um, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it, it brought well, the conversation uh, to a screeching halt. <laughs> real, real, real plot twist at the end of that movie. Um, so, do you want you want to go first? You want to talk about some dad movies? Uh, I think you got a couple. Yeah, I've got a couple. So, so I've got one that I was thinking about that that maybe wasn't wouldn't be like the first thing that would jump to your mind when you're thinking of like movies about dads and, and you know dads being heroes and, and things like that. But okay. uh for some reason Matthew McConaughey, which like of course everybody thinks of as like the perfect father, um <laughs> ever since his work on Dazed and Confused. But um no, Interstellar, when 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 his character in Interstellar, I mean you think about it it really opens like that's a movie about him as a dad doing, you know, what he can to help his kids. I mean, he starts out, he steals a drone for mm-hmm. his kids. He, like, he drives a pickup truck just like a, a freaking boss in that mm-hmm. whole movie. And then, then, then and that's not even enough. He flies into space and, like, to save the whole world. And well, do we need to say spoiler alert, by the way? Is that, don't you have to say that? About I, things I think, like I think you can say it for Interstellar. Like when I'm talking about okay. movies that happened in the '90s, I'm probably not going to say it. Okay, so like, okay, so spoiler alert about Interstellar. If you haven't seen it, and then I think you have to like wait a few seconds. <laughs> okay, so so he flies into space, saves the whole entire world, and and like while he's in space, he just says the word Murph over and over again. So like, you really know he does for like an hour. Like, like he's like Murph. This is like Murph, like over and over again. So you really know that he's trying to save the world, but he's also really trying to save his kids. Mm-hmm. Murph, like that's like that's the whole thing. So I have a pretty strong dad role. No, it was, it was his son was kind of a jerk. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It was Casey the, this, Affleck in real life. Yeah, it's Ben Affleck's his... kid or brother, rather. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty forgettable. <laughs> um, if, if we're being honest. Um, so yeah, so that, that's one that came to mind for me for sure is Matthew McConaughey. Okay. You know, prototypical dad. Why don't you just, why don't you just blow through your, your list and then I'll, I'll, I'll do mine so we don't have to rotate. Okay. Okay. Um, another one that came to mind when, when you asked me about this was, um, Captain Von Trapp from Sound of Music. Um, <laughs> this podcast again, is over. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, this has been fun. This has been good. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. <laughs> No, come on, Captain Von Tramp. Like at the beginning of the movie, this is the guy that's like blowing his dog whistle at the kids to get them to stand in a straight line, and like won't even let them sing in the house. So he was, a and then like father. by the end of it, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, homeschool dad, for sure. Um, but then, like, later, like, he's the guy grabbing his guitar and fighting off the Nazis and, like, singing while he walks over mountains with his kids. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's just a real redemptive, you know, storyline there of, like, here's this dad that all it took was Julie Andrews to, you know, really unleash him as a as a dad mm-hmm. in that movie. I mean, you know, so but, I don't know. You lose points for bringing a musical into a uh, into the dad cast, but yeah, uh, you you, uh, you got some yeah. redemption from the violence aspect. When if you can tie it, if you can tie it back to violence, you know that you you, you <laughs> right. gain some points. Yeah, and, and like World War Two, I mean that, that there's got to be some dad points built in for that too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that was one I thought of, and then and the last one I thought of was Clark W. Griswold in. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where, you know, the, the whole movie is about him being under a whole lot of stress, him dealing with the holidays, him wanting to be a good provider, him wanting to welcome the in-laws, you know, have a good Christmas, and, um, you know, along the way, Cousin Eddie shows up, and there's whole, you know, issues with the, the Christmas bonus and the Jelly of the Month Club, and not only is he a really good dad through all of that, he's also really really quotable and that to me is like one of the hallmarks of being a good dad is you say you know funny quotable things that your kids can kind of look at you like what but then later on like totally quotable so i'm gonna ask you a very carnal question about that is that (laughs) was that the one that uh has the shower scene with his wife i don't think so i think that was just vacation probably okay. national Lampoon's vacation or they i mean but again same character like they drive all the way across the country to go to the amusement park and then john candy tells them you know god rest his soul sorry guys parks closed you know so mm-hmm. i don't know good dad clark w griswold <laughs> the reason i thought of that is because uh the the vacation the vacation movie like where he pretends to be like a like surprise his wife in the shower um, oh yeah. The reason yeah. I thought <laughs> I went to like a, a fairly strict Christian college. It wasn't really strict. It was a Christian college, and on the basketball team, um, you know, we've got all these rules about content, and you know, not you yeah know, doing dumb stuff. And uh, the coach of the basketball team was also a pastor. <laughs> I remember one time on a bus trip, somebody put that movie in and like forgot oh, no. that that shower scene. <laughs> what's in there and so like all of a sudden like on the big screen you've got like the wife's you know in the shower and lady blessings are everywhere and like the basketball my basketball coach just starts going crazy like yeah what what are you guys watching porn on the bus for were you the one wisecracking in the back of the bus about how it was a good you know example of a beautiful monogamous you know relationship and was that was that you no I, I was, uh, as you know, Mike. I'm. I, I averted my eyes. I, right. I didn't even look. Good. So, Jesus is pleased. <laughs> All right. Let me let me throw some. Dad so what's movies. on your list? Let me throw. Let me throw mine at you, and, and you you tell me. You tell me if I've done a good job here. Okay. okay. Number th- number three. Swiss Family Robinson. From the uh, from the sixties, you remember the Disney movie Swiss Family Robinson? Absolutely, yes. What a great movie! And the reason this is a great dad movie, especially like if you're a homeschool dad, like yeah, because that's like especially like homeschool dads from the nineties, like that was the fantasy of like I'm going to have a right. bunch of kids, and if I have a bunch of kids, I'll have some sons, and eventually we will retreat to a bunker where we will mount a last stand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, that was like the Clinton years. Like that really was what we were all waiting for. And, and Clinton yeah. didn't do us any favors. I mean, you know, like or the government in general. You know, like with the way they yeah. handled uh, what was it like Waco and Ruby Ridge. So yeah. like that template was in yeah. place of like eventually, eventually the government will come for you. So yeah, like it doesn't take a lot of imagination just to know like you're next. You know, like <laughs> Janet Reno in a tank. In your driveway, like probably tomorrow afternoon, that's what's going down. So, so yeah, and I see what you're doing there. And I, like, like this guy, the dad in that movie, didn't he get like some kind of like 
organ, like like a like a pipe <laughs> organ kind of thing, it was into completely the house. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but he he pulled it off. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, like I mean, it's it, the the whole premise was like completely ridiculous that they could construct like this elaborate like five level tree house like up on this hill like with stuff that they salvaged from the ship but right. um, like the you know like the, the plot of that movie like where they just retreat to that hill you know when the pirates yeah. like these hundreds of pirates attack them and they retreat to the hill and like it's the dad and he's flanked by like his two teenage sons <laughs> yep <laughs> like like the, homemade the... coconut bombs <laughs> I mean, that's basically like dad porn right there of like, <laughs> that's like a dad fantasy of like, you can, yeah. like, you'll never take me and my teenage sons alive. Uh, just, yep. you know. And then like the pirates get on top and they're fighting hand to hand. And Oh yeah. Was, yeah. It's, it's classic. The, the dad, the dad power in that movie was, was very high. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with something, charts. something that I'm going to reach way back for this one. Because yeah. you wouldn't think of this as a dad movie. I'm going to go from 1996, the movie Fear, starring okay. your boy, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Yep. And I think the, uh, see, like, I, I didn't see that when it came out. Like, I had no reason to see that movie when it came out. Like, there's no appeal yeah. in that movie for a teenage boy. Yeah, and, and that was that was when, like... It was Marky Mark, but without the funky bunch. And so you just don't know, like, is this going to be worth the price of admission? You know, and now looking back, the answer is, of course, yes. But at the time, yeah, we were all skeptics at that time. Well, like, you you don't realize the value in that movie until you become a father. Because the premise of the Mm -hmm. movie, and I'll shorten it up really quick. The premise of the movie is that Reese Witherspoon is the daughter. And she falls for Marky Mark, who is, you know, as it turns out, is a sociopath and a murderous one at that <laughs> minor detail. Right. right. And uh, the dad in the movie like sees through it immediately. And he's like, no, this guy's trouble. This guy's trouble. Don't be with this guy. Yeah. And of course, you know, that just pushes the daughter away and the daughter falls more in love with Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> and there's this ridiculous scene in the movie, like where Marky Mark uh, like trashes the dad's like prized. I don't know if it's like a BMW or what it is, a Porsche or something. Like trashes yeah, yeah. the dad's car and like leaves this menacing note that says, "Now I've popped both your cherries." <laughs> 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 and, like, according yes. to like movie logic, like you know he's gonna pay for that. Like you know nobody can do something that horrible in a movie and not pay for it. Right. But uh, right. But like like the subtlety and restraint there were just really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> so, so the movie like builds towards this ridiculous climax of like marky mark and his henchmen because he has henchmen of course i don't yes. know why he has henchmen in the movie and they attack like the the family home and like in the end uh like the the, the final fight takes place in reese witherspoon's bedroom uh, which you know the Freudian the Freudian imagery in that is <laughs> <laughs> just off the charts <laughs> Again, though, with the subtlety. Yep. <laughs> and the dad and like the psychotic boyfriend are like fighting for her in her bedroom. And like the climax right. of the movie is like uh, Marky Mark is like trying to reach her to like, I guess, kill her or rape her or something. And the dad just gets this infusion of dad power and like literally mm-hmm. picks him up and throws him out. The- <laughs> 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 I can't even say it with a straight face. Throws him out like the third story window, like where he falls onto like a rocky outcropping and is like dies yeah. instantly. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's some pretty incredible dad power. Absolutely. Right Absolutely. But number one on my list, um, in keeping with my, with my, uh, fixation on dead violence would in fact be the movie <laughs> taken. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Starring Liam. Neeson. I see a theme developing here. <laughs> Uh, really violent dads like that's what that's what makes the list it's, which again the, the, plot, the plot of the movie Taken I mean is there really a plot to the movie Taken I mean the guy's daughter gets kidnapped by was it sex slavers I guess like right. human traffickers and he, for human some traffickers, reason, right? he's the only one that, that knows how to stop them and so it's basically just 
they kidnap his daughter and he has to go kill a bunch of people to save her. Right. Because at that point, you know, agencies like the FBI and, and the CIA like really have no powers that could that could be brought to the table in that sort of situation. It's it's essentially just two hours of nonstop dad mode. Yes. And um Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And and his what does he say? His his very specific set of skills, <laughs> you know. He doesn't say, but we all know their dad skills is really what he's saying. <laughs> yes. It's like I can sense lights that are on <laughs> and I can also come and be like extraordinarily violent to people who have kidnapped my daughter. <laughs> That's what he's saying there. And I feel like every dad has got that in them. You know, like if your daughter gets kidnapped by human yeah. traffickers, I feel like even the most, uh, even the most like pacifistic, I don't even know if that's a word, like even the most gentle guy has got yeah. a little bit of Liam Neeson in him. Yeah, like like the guy that's selling cell phones at the kiosk at the mall. <laughs> like when this happens, he just goes into like beast mode, dad mode, and just goes and gets his daughter. I mean, that's what that's what you do, you know. It's just what you do. I, and I feel like you probably biblically justified in that too. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like turning the other cheek sort of gets thrown out the window when it comes to, I mean, I think there's a sense of the greater good theologically speaking of, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, if you have to kill 20 guys to rescue your daughter, I mean, that's probably for the yeah. greater good. Cause they're just going to turn around and kidnap somebody else. Well, I mean, cause you got to think this is the same, you know, the same daughter that like butterfly kisses was written about. And so, <laughs> Like when she gets kidnapped, you know, you just you just do what you got to do, and I think Jesus is just like, yep, that's what you do. <laughs> Probably, I, I guess I, I I don't know that for sure. No, I, I think you I think you're definitely onto something. <laughs> uh, speaking of of movies, I want to transition into. Uh, let's just go directly to the Sandlot because okay, you know you're a you're a noted Sandlot scholar. I am. I am. This. This. So I've. I've seen the movie The Sandlot quite a few times, but I, I have to tell you, it's one of the movies that we have in our SUV mm-hmm. that we play on the DVD player. So I've heard the movie Sandlot probably forty-one thousand times <laughs> in in my life. So so I've seen it a few times and I've heard it a lot. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah, it's a frequent topic on Fun Sexy Bible Time, but I wanted to bring in a Sandlot scholar to, what is it like the cool kids say when you do like a, it's called a deep dive? Could we call deep this, dive, yeah. Could we call this a deep dive on the Sandlot? Yeah, because I, like, I think it's going to be more of a think piece, but probably <laughs> less than a scholarly like journal article. So probably deep dive is like right where we are. I mean, we could sure. even call this a treatise. This is a treatise on the oh, Sandlot. Well. Yeah, no, so I grew up Lutheran, so if I have to nail something to a door somewhere, <laughs> my neighbors are going to be kind of upset. Like, that might go against the, the Homeowners Association covenants, but I'll try to restrain myself. I've got unanswered questions from the Sandlot, uh, and I'm okay. going to throw them at you and bounce them off of you, and you, you, you give me some feedback here. Uh, the okay. first one is, is it plausible that Smalls actually hit that home run ball when he hit his his stepdad's ball over the fence into the beast's lair. Yeah, you know, I think like like judging by modern like sabermetrics, like money ball kind of stuff, uh-huh. I'm gonna go with no, probably not. But you also have to think about when that movie, it was, it was set in, I believe, 1962. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know a lot about the bat that he was using. Like it was probably... You know, a pretty live bat, first of all, that he was swinging. And then I think you got to think about the, the velocity of the pitch, too, because it's, it's Benny the Jet that, that pitches it, right? And oh, so, man, good question. I didn't think about that. I think, um, I think it is. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And again, like I've, I've only, I, I never see the movie when I watch the movie. I only listen to it. But I think it's Benny. So if he's, like, he's coming with the heat. And so like, like the pitch speed's probably in, I would say, at least the low 90s. Um, if not probably triple digits. And so, like, just the the crack of the bat, you know, I, I think maybe. I think maybe, and, and we don't know which direction the wind was blowing at that point either. So maybe wind blowing out, corked bat, Benny's throwing heat. 
then, you know, I think yes. Yep, definitely plausible is where I'm going to come down on that one. Cause I, I, but I don't, what do you think? I don't know. Like, Smalls is just kind of, uh, I don't know. He's just not a big dude. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, it just, I was never quite sure. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this definitely could have happened. I just don't know how plausible it was that yeah. Smalls actually went yard. Yeah, I mean, my bigger question too. is... He's got to clear that fence at the end. Right, right. And it's not a short fence. It's a no. nice tall fence because, of course, the fence has to restrain the beast. Yeah. So it's not just some little, like, three-foot tall chain link fence. But, you know, I, I, I would be concerned, too. I mean, the kid has that hat that's got that long, pointy <laughs> bill on it. That yes. might have also, like, impacted, like, the, the aerodynamics in and around where he was standing. So, yeah, you may be right. That may have been a, a little bit of a stretch. A little bit of a plot hole there, maybe. Okay, well, answer me this. This is something that has always bugged me about the Sandlot. The scene when they go to the fair and they mm-hmm. bust out the tobacco and they all yeah. take a plug of tobacco before they get on, what was it, like the teacup ride or the, the spinning, whatever ride it was. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those spinny ones. I... We never f okay. The last time we see Benny is he takes a plug, so we know he took the tobacco, but we never see him after that. We don't see him on the ride. We don't see him puking. We don't see him getting yeah. off the ride. So my question is, did Benny hold his tobacco down? Was he just that cool? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think he was probably gotten it at that point um, <laughs> as a. What, how, what, 13, I forget how old he was in the movie, but I mean, that, that seems plausible. And I've also, this, this, nobody, again, nobody's ever confirmed this, but there is kind of a fan conspiracy theory that he was actually off talking to an agent about his draft status <laughs> coming up. And that's why he couldn't get on the Tilt-A-Whirl um, when all the other kids were, were dipping and puking and, and he was actually in contract negotiations. Again, I, that's that could maybe it's true maybe it's not I don't know. Mm. Well, listen, this you know this is why this is why we have this podcast is to to address yeah. these 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 hard hard issues that nobody else will address. <laughs> right. Um, what about Squint? Squints. Yeah. When he yeah. pulled the when he pulled the peppercorn at the pool, if you watch that scene closely, there's at least one other lifeguard there that's a dude. Right, right. That like helps pull him up out of the water. My right. question to you, maybe you can help me with this. Did Squints have like a like an exit strategy? Like if it was the male lifeguard that starts giving him mouth to mouth? Because he Boy. couldn't have known. Yeah. He couldn't have known that Wendy I mean that was a huge gamble of like Yeah. Just gonna assume that like the one lifeguard that gives me mouth to mouth is gonna be Wendy Peppercorn. Well, but I think I mean you do kind of a risk reward analysis there <laughs> and you kind of, you just kind of, you know, you walk out to the end of the board and you think to yourself, I might get kissed by a dude today, but maybe it'll be windy and I'm hoping it's windy. So I don't know. I mean, he could have, maybe at the last second he might've, you know, chickened out and, and started breathing on his own or you know, I don't know. You know, I, it seems like he'd been planning that for quite a while. He did you know? say that he'd been planning that for he, years. Yes, yeah, and and when you're Michael Squints Paladuris, I mean, like he had a plan, yeah. and I think kind of just like you know God's sovereignty, we don't always understand it, but we know God has a plan. <laughs> I don't know. Are, are you buying it? Are, are you on board there? Hey, I'm, I'm along for the like... ride. I'm I'm not making a final judgment, <laughs> but I'm I'm enjoying the ride as it were. Um, one thing we definitely uh, agree on is that like the uh, the direct video sequels for the sandlot uh, mm. i think there were three uh are definitely non-canon like we we yeah, definitely reject yep. them and put them in the apo- the sandlot apocrypha basically yeah i mean as it said you know god doesn't make mistakes but clearly <laughs> whoever made those other movies definitely was that was a, that shouldn't have been done <clears throat> non-canonical without question <laughs> Oh, can I can I pitch my Sandlot sequel to you? Um, I I need. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear this. Um, <laughs> yep, let's go. 
<laughs> so the Sandlot Two, as imagined by Matthew E. Pierce. This is a we'll call this a definitely a gritty a gritty sequel, a gritty dark <laughs> reimagining of the Sandlot. Okay. Okay. Yep. Good. Okay, so we're we're bringing back all the original cast from the Sandlot. Um, okay. And we're bringing them back like what, like twenty to twenty-five years later. So according to the okay. film's timeline, uh, this is probably like mid to late eighties when this is set. Uh, okay. So nobody's okay. got cell phones. Uh, <laughs> mid to late eighties. Um, all the the guys are like late thirties, early forties now. Okay. Okay. So the movie set in California. Um, opening scene. Opening scene is you see. In the darkness, you see a guy sitting in a junkyard, and he's got like a he's sitting like on the ground, like with his back up to a car, and he's got like a lap full of drugs, like pills, basically, and he's just staring down at the pills. And then it cuts to you see a police station, and you see a policeman like at his locker getting ready for the day, and he's okay. pulling his shirt up and his collar up, but right you look at it from behind, but and right before he pulls it up, you see a tattoo on his neck. And the tattoo says, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So stay, okay. Stay with me here. He's, he pulls it. He gets, uh, yep. he gets ready. He, he dresses up and you still don't see his face. And now we're following him out on patrol. Like the cop is out on patrol. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's on patrol. On. You don't see his face. You don't know it's yeah, yeah, yet. You just wonder, okay. like, okay. is, this, is this yeah, yeah. So he's on mm. patrol and he's driving through California and it's just a blazing hot day. You know, it's smoggy, it's smoky, it's just one of those like just dreary California summer days. And he's driving mm-hmm. through like this this like you know desolate area where it's impoverished. And he turns down the side street, and there's chatter on the radio, but he's not responding to any of it. And he's just driving through, and he's driving through this like abandoned area, and he passes this junkyard, and he looks over, and he sees like this pair of legs sticking out from like this thicket of grass stops gets out of the car walks over looks down and he reaches down to check the body rolls the body over and he looks at the body and he says you told me one time that legends would never die and it pulls Mm. back and the body is Benny the Jet Rodriguez dead from a drug overdose Oh, this is heartbreaking. And then the camera pulls way back and you realize that they're standing on the sandlot, the original sandlot. And like, it's Mm. turned into like this junkyard now. And like, everything is abandoned. Like the houses are all abandoned. It's like this completely impoverished area. And you can just barely even make out the baseline paths. And so, and then yeah, yeah, takes off his sunglasses and you realize that it's yeah, yeah, his friend. Mm. So that's the setup. Man, that is gritty. You you were right about that. <laughs> okay, and I'll just summarize the rest of the plot. So basically, okay. Okay. Benny the Jet is dead from a drug overdose. All the guys from the Sandlot come back for the funeral, and they wind up back at the Sandlot. And it just kind of awakens something in them, and they all just start talking and say, you know, Benny's gone. You know, why have we not got back together? And they decide we're going to clean the Sandlot up. Like we're going to fix it up and Timmy and Tommy are real estate tycoons. And then they just pull some backroom dealings (laughs) and they acquire like all the surrounding land. And so they're fixing up the sandlot and make a long story short. They bond like over the course of the next few days and they just start playing these like pickup games of baseball, even though they're all in their forties now. And it's just awakening all these Mm -hmm. youthful, it's like a lot of existential like male bonding going on. Right, right. And then, like at the end of the movie, like they're they're getting ready to say their goodbyes, and you know, I guess like Squints or somebody says, "Yeah, the only thing we're missing is Benny." And then Smalls is like, "Yeah, the only other thing we're missing is the Beast." And then the camera turns, and Benny is walking up. Benny is walking up to them, but the weird thing is, Ooh. is they don't look surprised. And Benny gives this speech, like, guys. It was never about the beast because the beast wasn't a dog. The beast was inside of all of us. And then it cuts to black. And then all of a sudden you go back to the very first scene and you see Benny sitting there with a lap full of drugs. And you realize that everything you just saw in the whole movie hasn't happened yet. And Benny is just sitting there looking at the drugs. 
and he casts the drugs off to the side and he struggles to his feet and he walks over to a payphone because it's 85 and nobody's got a cell phone. Right. And he picks up right. picks up the, the phone and he calls Smalls and he says, I helped you once. Now I need help. And that's the end. Wow. Wow. That would sell a lot of tickets. <laughs> and the, sure. you ready for the title? Okay, I, I hope so. We're not, I'm calling, not sure I could ever. We're not even calling it Sandlot 2. We're calling it Sandlot Legends Never Die. Oh, bum, bum, bum. That, <laughs> now, so so explain to me, I'm with you so far, what is Dennis Leary's role in in this, this sequel reboot? Uh, I think... Um, is he like the mayor of the town, maybe? <laughs> like... I think when like when the guys get together, like for Benny's funeral, and they start playing mm-hmm. baseball and they start bonding again, I think sort of it sort of comes out that they're all having problems of some kind. Yeah, maybe like Squint's marriage is falling apart to Wendy. I think maybe right. Denunez is like coaching his kids' little league team and is just coaching them way too hard. And they hate him, so he can't connect with his kids. And maybe, like, Smalls is still having problems with Dennis Leary, his stepdad. Um, yeah, they never worked it out. So yeah. maybe that would be Dennis Leary's role. His, you know, every, yeah. all, the kid, all the guys from the Sandlot are still having problems. Boy, that's, that's some heavy stuff, man. I'm not sure <laughs> that I was ready for that. Um, it's, wow. it's a lighthearted comedy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're going there, and I feel like that might be like the sandlot that we need today. But I don't know. That's that's some pretty deep stuff. I think, yeah, making that canonical. I I feel like, like, how do you incorporate you know James Earl Jones into that too? Like that that's the other thing. I think you're almost there. You just need like a cameo somehow. Oh, even like a hologram, maybe. <laughs> See, Andy Circus in a CGI suit playing James Earl Jones. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Or, I don't know, and, and I'm just kind of spitballing here, but what if, like, with it taking place in roughly 1985, what if it was more of, like, a mashup of Back to the Future and The Sandlot? Like, Oh, you're blowing my mind here, Whitman. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, like, what if they're raising money to save the bell tower, and to put in a like to to put in a baseball diamond where the sandlot used to be? <sighs> Maybe. I, mean, I feel Is like Huey you Lewis could. We know. I feel like you could shoot these movies consecutively and release them both. Yes. It's almost like the like DC Comics universe, like the, or the Marvel universe. Like clearly, the Sandlot and Back to the Future exist in the same universe. Mm-hmm. So like they, like boy, that hey, that could really work. And I think now that we've recorded this in a podcast, <laughs> if anyone else takes our idea, we can sue them for lots of money. So for the record, we now have the legal rights to this. Back to the Future Sandlot spin-off mashup idea. It's ours forever and ever. Do you think we could get Christopher Nolan to direct Sandlot Legends Never Die? I think so. I mean I, I don't know what else he's doing <laughs> right now. I'm sure it involves Michael Caine. Yeah, but he could probably like scrap that to come do this. Um I think I think we need him and we need of course Christopher Lloyd, but also Chris Walken in some role. Mm-hmm. needs to be a part of this I don't even know but that that to me seems like it would be necessary to have mm-hmm. a Christopher Walken role in this oh Mike I'm going to have some messed up dreams tonight from everything we just discussed <laughs> I think we've done some good work here this is really life changing stuff uh, Mike Whitman thank you for being the webmaster for all of my articles on Butson. And thank you for coming on this late night dadcast with us. My pleasure. This was a real good time. Thanks, Matthew. I appreciate it. We're under grace. You know, you just you just abuse that grace however you see fit. So. 
One, one tasty pint at a time. <laughs> I said something really funny when it cut out. I'm sorry you couldn't hit that. <laughs> I'm sure you did.